back to another episode of YA Life.Vegas podcast. This is a podcast for the young adult community here at Life Baptist Church, where the goal is to help young adults effectively communicate the faith by examining the scriptures, by walking them through verse by verse books of the Bible and developing a world view. Now, we do this because of the simple fact that there are a lot of young adults that end up leaving the church because their questions have not been answered. And that is something that breaks my heart because the Bible is sufficient in answering every single question that we have. There are several times in the Bible where it causes us to use logical thinking and to rationalize our faith, not just go on what the world thinks is blind faith, but to actually use cognitive thinking and our brain cells to come to the conclusions that we have. And what we want to do here at YA Life is to be able to help articulate that for the young adults and not just give them the answers. That's not what we're doing. We don't want to just give others the answers and have them regurgitate. That is what the world does. What we do is train effectively how to dissect the questions that are being asked, the comments that are being made, and give a biblical answer to all of it because the Bible is sufficient. Now, we usually walk through a book of the Bible after going through our challenge question. And today is going to be a little different because last Thursday was a little different. Every once in a while, we jump into a segment where we are testing our worldviews. And last Thursday was that case. We watched a Jubilee video. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jubilee is a um, organization on YouTube where they put different conversations between people of variety of views together into a room and they see if they can have middle ground. They see if they all think alike. They, they, they have different segments to where they do all this. It's a really good organization to test one's worldview, which is why we are covering one of those episodes. Now, this episode specifically is in regards to Christianity and science, seeing if there's a middle ground that can be had. So the video, I will leave a link in the description so you can go ahead and review it yourself and see how these um, people interacted with one another. Let's jump into these questions. The first question, now these are all true or false. So I will go ahead and give you the questions. You determine if they are true or false, and then we'll go ahead and dissect them from a biblical worldview. Question number one, I believe this universe was created. True or false? Question number two, science can answer moral questions. True or false? There are things my beliefs cannot explain. True or false? Question number four. I believe in life after death. True or false? And question number five. It is important to question one's own beliefs. True or false? Now, what we did on Thursday is we answered all of these questions while watching the video and we paused it a certain segment so that way we can provide more commentary on what we were watching and give our preferred answer, give our justification for why we believe these answers are true or false. So going with the first question and answering from a biblical worldview, we, we must remember that the Bible is our source. That is our foundation, not our feelings, not what we think. We go back to what the scriptures say in regards to all of these questions. That is where Christians develop a Christian worldview. Once again, Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. Therefore, I exhort you, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a sacrifice, 
living holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may approve what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. The word of God helps us to do all of these things as we immerse ourselves in the word. We need to get into the word as the word gets into us. And that which comes out is what he has already determined, not what we think or not what we feel. So when answering these questions from this Jubilee video, first question is, I believe this universe was created. Now, I don't want to get too much into what the Jubilee video was talking about, because once again, I will leave a link in the description for you to be able to view it at your pleasure. Um, so I just want to stick with the biblical worldview in this. And the answer to this question or the answer to this statement is true. Yes, as Christians, we believe the universe was created. We can start this from the beginning of the Bible, where it says in Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we see this throughout all of scriptures in Genesis 2, 4, in Genesis 5, 1 through 2, in Genesis 6, 7, that God created the heavens and the earth. This is a very foundational piece in the biblical narrative. Understanding that it was God who first spoke and everything came into existence. We also see where God was um, answering Job, replying back to Job. And in Job 34, I mean, in Job chapter uh, 38, verse four, God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Once again, alluding back to God being the creator. In Psalm 148, verse 5, those whom Yahweh created through his commands are to praise him. We also see in Isaiah 42, 5 and Isaiah, you know, 45, 12 and verse 18, that it was Yahweh God who created the heavens. So we are seeing this consistent theme throughout scripture that God created. He created the heavens. He created the earth. And, and the beautiful thing about this is as we get towards the end of this book, of our authority, we see that there will be those that are glorifying him. In, in Revelations chapter 4, verse 11, we see that the 24 elders declare, worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And because of your will, they existed and were created. And, and here's the thing that I love about this consistency in scripture. Not only did our God create the heavens and the earth, but that's not it. We see in Isaiah 64, 17, that God will create a new heavens and a new earth. And this is once again, repeated because we know that this life is not the end. And I'm jumping the gun. So let me get back to the questions. Question number two, science can answer moral questions. Now, here is what we teach here at Young Adults. We need to dissect every question, every statement, and see if there is anything that we need to determine as a level playing ground. We need to see, okay, how can we get on the same page? And for this statement, science can answer moral questions. We first need to define, okay, what do you mean by science? Because there are scientists that give answers and, you know, make these moral decisions based on the research that they have. And then there is science, which is by definition, the systematic study of a structure and behavior of physical or, or natural worldly um, things through observation, experimentation, and testing. 
or, or said in a different way, observation. I mean, it, it needs to be observable, repeatable and testable. So that is science. If they can't observe it, if they can't repeat it through experimentation or if they can't test it through proper analysis, then that is definitely not what we see as science. Then another thing we need to go down and define the terms. What is morale? The definition of morale is the concern with the principles of right and wrong behavior and the goodness and badness of human character, the holding and maintaining of high principles for something that is proper in conduct. Now, if we're to say that science, which is observable, repeatable and testable, can do that, then we are operating off of two different definitions of what science is, because science cannot determine the principles of right and wrong. They can observe the behaviors. They can repeat the um, the experimentations for that and they can test whether people are doing things bad and doing things good, but they do not determine morale. They do not determine or even answer the question, is this something that is moral? They can only do just experimentations on that things. So from a biblical worldview, we would say, no, science cannot answer moral questions. Because in order for science to answer moral questions, there need to be an authority that it is appealing to. And there's no authority that science is appealing to. Science is just observation and uh, experimentation and testing. So when we as Christians look at this question, we say that God is the one that can answer moral questions because God is the one that provided morality for those whom he created. So that's where we would fall from a biblical worldview. Question number three. There are things my beliefs cannot explain. Now, this might be controversial to some people, but I would answer this true. Because of the simple fact we see in scripture, there are things that our finite minds cannot explain. Give you two examples. Romans chapter seven, verse 15. The apostle Paul, a Christian says, for what I am working out, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing that I hate. So we see that the Apostle Paul is conflicted with his Christian life and the sin that he is committing. There, there is this, this war that is raging in him that he cannot properly understand. Because once again, there are things that we cannot fully explain in our belief. Now, this does not mean that we just say, oh, well, we'll just try and put it on faith and we'll just hope and, and see how all this stuff works out. No, we are still called to be rational thinkers. We're still called to try and um, see the understanding that the Bible provides in this. But yet another passage of scripture even says that there are some things that are hard to understand. There are some things that the apostle Peter wrote that, um, I mean, the apostle Paul wrote that Peter says there are some things that are hard to understand that the trained and untaught do not understand. They, they distort as with the rest of scriptures. So this means that we need to have diligence in our study. This means that we need to be prepared and study to show ourselves approved when it comes to the scripture, all the while knowing that we serve a infinite God whose knowledge is unsearchable. There are things that we will only know on the other side of eternity, not on this side, but that does not conflict with our belief. That does not conflict with what it is that God has called us to do because the foundational things for us to place faith in Jesus Christ are understood as low as to an infant, to babes, to where they can place faith 
in Jesus Christ. So, yes, there are things that we we cannot explain, but that does not hold the salvation that God has provided for us. That does not hold the relationship that he is calling us to come into. That does not withhold any of that. We can rightly know our God. But there are things like, for example, the Trinity that we cannot explain because of the simple fact the Trinity is like nothing else. There is no thing that you can compare the Trinity to. And, and I hear this all the time where people are trying to describe the Trinity with an analogy or anything like this. And I think they try and do this thinking that it's biblical because our Lord Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like, and he goes on to give these comparisons. But once again, there is nowhere that you can say that God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit is like anything because it is, com- he is completely other than anything that we can famine. So therefore, there are some things that we just cannot explain, but we can affirm because of the scriptures that he has provided and has preserved for us. Question number four, I believe in life after death. From a biblical worldview, this is true. We look at Daniel chapter 12, verse two, those who sleep, meaning die, will awake some to everlasting life and others to reproach and everlasting contempt. And, and we also see that Jesus echoes this in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, understanding that there will be those who, when our Lord Jesus comes back, will awake to everlasting life or everlasting reproach and everlasting contempt. And we, we also see in John chapter five, verses 28 through 29, where our Lord Jesus says, do not marvel at this for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. This is something that we see consistent throughout scripture. So yes, as Christians, we believe in life after death. This life is not it, which is why I say, if you're living your best life now, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you because the next life for those who do not place faith in Jesus Christ, who do not repent of their sins is not the best one. It's the worst one. But for those who place their faith in Jesus Christ, we understand that this momentary light afflictions, these sufferings, these trials and tribulations that we are going through now don't even compare to the life that we will have when our Lord Jesus comes back, when he raises us to ever, um, resurrection, I mean, raises us to the resurrection from the dead in life eternal. So yes, Christians believe in life after death. Then question number five, it is important to question one's own beliefs. True. From a biblical worldview, we see in Isaiah chapter 18, where Yahweh tells us, come, let us reason together. We also see that the apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17, verse 17 was reasoning with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles every day in the synagogues. We could not know we are saved apart from reasoning. There needs to be logical thinking and processing going on in this. This goes back to the definition of faith in Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
Okay, there needs to be an assurance of the things, which is why we are asking questions, which is why we teach to ask good questions. Don't ask questions for questions sakes. And then on top of that, be convicted by the things that the word of God says. We need to ground ourselves in the word. I tell you guys this all the time. Get into God's word until God's word gets into you. So when we are looking at just the mere definition that the Bible gives for faith, it is the assurance of things hope for the conviction of things not seen. And that comes through processing logically. That comes through questioning those things, not just believing for believing sake. Because here's the thing. Apologetics is knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If I am just blindly you know, not questioning all of my beliefs, not, you know, trying to figure out why it is that I believe what I believe, then you're you're doing it wrong. You're not being prepared. You're not sanctifying Christ in your heart to be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you. So so that's what I want to make clear. Now, I also want to say something else on top of that. This is not deconstructionism. That That is not what we are advocating for. That is not the lines that we are saying, OK, question your own belief remove everything and only add what you like or remove everything and just start over. Listen, God has placed you exactly where you need to be. You don't need to deconstruct. You don't need to do all that stuff. You just need to continue to seek him. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, he says, and he made, once again, talking about God being the creator from one man, every nation of mankind to inhabit the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitations. God has already did this. Where you are, the family that you're with, the positions that you are in, God had determined that and appointed that. He made sure that these boundaries of your habitations is exactly where you need to be. Why? Look in verse 27 of Acts chapter 17. That they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Listen, we don't need to deconstruct. We just need to seek after our God. We just need to long for him. We just need to be in relationship with him. And that comes through, okay, well, what does this relationship look like? What does this mean? And these are what we're talking about, questioning your beliefs. Okay, understanding what you believe and why you believe it. Because listen, every single person, if you're listening to this podcast now, or if you've been to a younger dose group, you were created for a relationship with God. It is sin that separates us from that relationship. And there's nothing that you can do to mend that relationship on your own. Your efforts are lackluster. Your efforts do not even compare. Your efforts are but filthy rags and they they're for not so you can't try and do all these good works you can't you can't offer penance or or anything else like that you can't do these good deeds to get into a right relationship with god this is the bad news of the gospel before we understand the good news of the gospel we have to first logically process this bad news all have turned away there's no one who sees god we have all fallen short of the glory of god that's the bad news but here's the good news Jesus came and he lived a sinless, perfect life on your behalf. He died a substitutionary death. He died a death that you rightfully deserved. And he offers eternal life to those who repent of their sin and place faith in him. That faith that he gives us, we 
repent, turning away from our sins and place that faith in him, trusting him with our entire life, saying, Lord, I no longer want to do what I want to do with my life. My life is yours to do as you see fit. That that is where we need to be. That is the the complete sacrifice of Roman Romans 12 that we need to be at understanding that, listen, there's going to be things that we don't understand. There's going to be things that we don't know, which is why we need to ask good questions, which is why we need to study to show ourselves approved. And that is the type of questioning our beliefs that we need to have, not this deconstructionism. Get away from that. Get under solid teaching. Get in a church that preaches the Bible verse by verse, I would prefer, and make sure that you have a community that is building you up in the faith. Because that is what that is what's going to help your spiritual growth. We can't do this on our own, nor should we do this on our own. Now, the last thing that I want to say in regards to this Jubilee video was the graciousness of all of the participants in this video. I, I highly encourage you to watch this Jubilee video. The link will be in the description and just check out how they had these conversations. There were big disagreements. They were really big disagreements, but. They still were gracious in their conversation. There was no demeaning or bad mouthing or anything else like this. I think even afterwards, they all gave each other hugs and, you know, exchange greetings. So that is how we need to be as Christians. We need to do all that we are doing in love and grace towards our brethren and towards those who are in the world, hoping that they will see our life. They will hear our message, repent and place faith in Jesus Christ. So I highly encourage you check out the Jubilee video, maintain a biblical worldview. Whenever you're faced with anything, whether it be a movie, a TV show, a news article, uh, a song, always fall back to, okay, well, what does the Bible say about this? How am I supposed to view this with a biblical worldview? And if you are in the Las Vegas Valley, we would love for you to come and be a part of our discussion. We meet on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Um, we're also having our Christmas party on December 14th. So we would love for you to come and be a part of that and fellowship with all of us. It's a great time. Um, this is the fifth year that we are doing it. And we are just so excited about all that God has blessed us with through the year. So we'll take time to remember that. And we'll also take time to look forward to what God is doing in the future. But this only is possible because of our good and gracious God. So what we do is we spend time with God where the focus is on God. And I want to encourage you to do that same thing. When you're in your word, focus on the Lord. When you're reading your word, study to show yourselves approved and make sure that you maintain a biblical worldview, not your feelings, not your thoughts, not what anyone else says, but what God says. Love you guys. And my biggest encouragement always is to stay close and clean to Yahweh, our God.